following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, January 5th, 2022, season 17, episode number 91. Welcome to the very latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got the full crew today. We'll be joined by Bucky Brooks here in a moment. He will. Uh, he is of NFL Network, and he will talk to us a little bit about the Philadelphia offense versus the Dallas defense. That game coming up this Saturday night at uh, 7.15, I think, is the kick time. Uh, but it'll be uh, – you guys will be able to check that out. It was been moved from Sunday. So if you had not noted that, it was moved from a Sunday noon game to a Saturday night game. Go ahead and get it out of the way. Get the Cowboys ready for the playoffs. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Great. Good. good? Everybody's yeah. good. Nick, you want to give me a 91? LP? Wow. It's that kind of day, huh? Best you got for me. Darren Benson. You ever heard of him? Darren no, Benson. Not. No. Okay. Yeah, he was a he was a doing some roofing work in, in 1994, and the Cowboys oh. called him and said, "You want to play football? Huh. You're a pretty big guy." And they're like, "Yeah, okay." And he played a couple of years. Darren Benson. Okay. Doesn't like his story. Seem fair to say that kind of day about a guy who was here for like 16 years. I think he's got did his one job. Of the most great stories in the history of the Cowboys. Does he? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The way he got here. I mean, yeah, we've yeah. never done it before. We've never, ever, other than one time in in 2005, have we stayed over for a week in yep. the 49ers Raiders. And because of that— When you say stayed over, we were in town for one game. We stayed, stayed. the entire week in that city— for another game that and, was going to be and near in the there. first yeah. game against the 49ers, the deep snapper had another bad snap, and Parcells was like, "Yeah, you're out. Cut him. Yep. You got to get someone else." And since we're out there, can we get someone local? Well, there's a guy over here at Cal Berkeley named LP Lulusser, and they're like, "Okay, well, get him in here and see if he can do it just for a little bit." And then he did it for 17 years without a bad snap. It's amazing. If we were back to Dallas, like we probably should have been, Parcells just wanted to do that. If we were back to Dallas, then we would have got the pool of. You know, 17 snappers and this guy, this guy, and cool, and probably LP would have never done it. Also, like, at this point, has trained a decent number of successful long snappers that are in the league right now. Yeah, we've I, got don't, a few. I don't know their you names. Say he did? LP I don't did? know their names off the top of my head, but there are at least like three or four long snappers in the league right now who were his understudy in training camp, who went on to be successful just working under him for a summer here. Well, we had yeah, there's probably four. Crater, Crater was one of them. Zach Wood. Yeah, there. I like I said, I don't know their names, but there have been a few. Yeah. Really, really, you can scoff at it all you want, but like the best long snapper in team history, and one of the best history? ever. No. no? He was the LP was the best. L, L, LP. I mean, Hellstrade did it for equally as long. He did what twenty something years, no, right? Not, How long was he here? Uh, not not that long. Not that long. How long was he here? You know, not off the top of my head, but I know LP is nineteen ninety to two thousand one. I don't know, twelve years. Okay. I guess something like that. If LP didn't set the record for years served, he definitely like tied it, right? Yeah, he didn't have the most games. No, no. Witten was like, ah, you guys got to, uh, come on now. <laughs> Never heard his voice. 
ever, not once. LP? Yeah. I don't know what he sounds like. Not a big talker. No. Not a very not, not a very friendly guy. Well, he wouldn't. He liked cookies. That's probably what you hear <laughs> in my voice way more mm. than is him as a long snapper. Cookies. See, I'm I'm more than willing to acknowledge your contributions on the field, even if you weren't the nicest off of it. That's okay. I guess. All right, let's go ahead and get into some of the some talk on this team. Let's talk about a couple guys uh, on the injury report. Let's start first with J. Ron Curse. He popped up yesterday on the injury report, was limited. Uh, but Mike McCarthy had a couple things to say. What did, what did we hear, Dave, from uh, McCarthy on him? He's got a hammy. He didn't do well. They walked through yesterday anyway. They're not expecting him to do a lot today, at least not at the outset. Questionable to play, which, hey, Sit him. Oh, no. A really good player can't play in this game and needs to take the week off. Out. <laughs> no. I hate that. I, I don't like getting my guys rest Look, heading into the playoffs. Pollard's him. also on the list limited. I'm Oop. sure you're Pollard. So I'm sure you're probably thinking the same thing there. Like, please Strike just oh, out. <laughs> sit him down. Guess I'll just have to watch Edo Smith play. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I haven't heard that voice, voice since Lindsay that? left. Like, like, that was you and Lindsay doing that. Yeah, right. Yeah. That is. That is that's Lindsay. fair. I was that's, like, I've heard that somewhere before, but that's Lindsay. Uh, it's just my whiny baby voice. I mean, hopefully these guys are all okay, and it becomes a problem if they're not ready for the playoffs. I always but thought that was kind of like y'all sort of a Mickey voice. We have a lot of bits. <laughs> Lindsay Draper and I have a lot of I'm bits. Lindsay. Me too. <laughs> she says hi. I talk to her often. Her kids are great. Funny thing is, I literally this was, and I'm getting way off the track here, but you are. This was literally a, two or three months ago. Me and my wife were out. We never go out. We were out one night at a bar having drinks, and who runs up on us but Lindsay and her husband? And there is like a rooftop bar at a, at a hotel, and they're staying at the hotel. They're in town for the weekend, so we got to hang out with them a little bit. But yeah, I miss her. I really miss yeah. her. Same. All right, let's uh, let's find out about Blake Jarwin. Like there was, there's news around him, right? His practice window has been activated, so he should be out there today. Um, it's fun. So he got. They have 21 days to evaluate him. There's no rhyme or reason to what that means. If you remember, they activated Maurice Kennedy's practice window, gave him like three hours to get ready, and then activated him to the roster. Yeah. Some guys they take all the way through the 21 days. I think it just depends on how physically fit you are. Um, he, According to the rules, there's nothing stopping him from being activated and playing against Philly, but that'll probably depend on how he practices. That's a situation where you would love to get him out there yeah. and get him on the grass and just get him back in the flow of a football game before the playoffs. But even if that's not doable, it's very encouraging to think. I mean, he'll be available for uh, the playoffs. That's just a guess yeah. by me. But if you're practicing this week, that gives you next week. I think he'll be available for the playoffs. Well, I'm a little. Inter- I'm interested to see how they will do that. Um, you know how they'll use him. Um, if he is active, you know, say for the playoff game, because they like McEwen. Sprinkle gets some decent amount of snaps mm-hmm. for blocking tight end. Uh, but they also can have all these other guys, jumbo packages and stuff like that. So I don't know if you would need the four tight ends. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think you, you use him if he's out there. And I, I agree with Dave. I'd, if he's ready to play, I'd play him for this game. Just get, get him some snaps, get him back in the flow, because – when the playoff game hits, it'll be... That's know. what I was going to say. I'm like, if he's ready by then, by the playoff game, for sure, um, at that point, I'm. how much work do you actually give him to where he is going to be productive for you with being on the field? He's been out for, what is it now? He's been out since Halloween. Long, long time. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, like, 
how much time does he really need as like playing time to kind of get back into things and actually be productive. Yeah, no, I think. I, go ahead. I just don't. I don't like the setup at tight end. I don't like the these two tight ends as Why? your tight ends because they don't block. <laughs> that's the problem. The. You don't think that's a big deal? No, I, I, I mean, I, yes, but like, I mean, they both okay. They're both pass catchers, but they don't do what you want them to do. To like two tight end set, could they run? Could they pass? They're probably going to pass because they're not going to. They don't get an advantage by having two tight ends that just maul you and run. These aren't the two tight end sets that that create this mismatch problems because they are problems sometimes in the running game. But I will say this: there have been, I, I think, there have been games this year where Dalton Schultz has been. Pretty good blocker. I, I know there have been plays where I've seen him make some really good blocks, and that doesn't mean he's a consistent blocker. That doesn't mean he reminds me of what Jason Witten was for a lot of his career. Like I think early in his career, he got the reputation of being a really great blocker, and I think he was earlier. I think as he got into his career, he was a willing blocker, in the way. which means he knew how to get in the way, he knew how to position his body, and in doing so, he could create the right kinds of opportunities, the right kind of lanes for running game. I think Dalton Schultz has become that kind of blocker. He's not horrible at it I'm fine by with any that. means. And I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah. I just don't need two of them. <laughs> See, I actually I disagree, and it's not they're not they're they're not they're, yeah we need that right we do <laughs> every once in a while at least they're not great blockers, and we've there you can go pull up the tape of both of them failing in especially in space, going all the way what no go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you just like you always like. I feel like you're gonna interject, even though no, I'm about not, to agree not, with you. Okay, no, I was wanted to, I want to hear you out. So go. They're not great blockers. They're not good in space. They're not good one on one. But what they do, and especially they work in tandem. Like when they run twelve personnel with these guys, they're almost always next to each other, and together. They can be useful in that regard. They can seal off the backside. They can keep a guy from coming around the edge, and that opens up the back to get where he needs to get without somebody chasing him down. They can do that type of stuff. And they're both really athletic. So if the Cowboys go 12 personnel with Blake, Dalton, Cooper, and CD, and you load the box because it's 12 personnel and you think they're going to run, well, you're screwed now because you got two really athletic tight ends who can get out in space on top of your receiver personnel. And if you drop back because you're worried about what they can do in the passing game, they're good enough to be plus blockers together. Like it's they're not Marty B. They're not just gonna mash the front side D end on their own and hold the edge so you can get around them. But together, they can do just enough to make the running game viable while making you respect the passing game. Yep. That's, I agree with that. that I, agree. I, I know. I know. I That's why I got frustrated because no, I was gonna, like, you're, you're going to try to make my point for me. No, no, no. I agree with that. And I, I will say this, too. I will say when it comes to 12 personnel, I think that's what he can add to this. Because what we were talking about back when they were coming into the season was, where are you going to go, 12 or are you going to go, or are you gonna go um, I'm sorry, 11? When you had Michael Gallup and you had those three wide receivers, it was kind of that, well, which, which gives you an advantage? Well, now without Gallup, I actually think that you might have a little bit more of an advantage having those two tight ends with two wide receivers because you can do some different things with Jarwin up the middle of the field, which I don't think they've exploited quite enough this year. Uh, I think they use CD in that in that role some, but I think they can do more with that. And it's funny because I think I think Blake has ten catches on the year. Like I don't think he even has a hundred receiving yards on the year. Yeah. Like I don't want to. I definitely don't want to blow this out of proportion. Like this he is got two touchdowns though. He does, yeah, but. So. I just think his uh, 10 catches for 90 and two touchdowns. We're not talking about bringing Kelsey into the lineup, right. you know, but his skill set, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that when they lost that personnel grouping, 
that was when they were at their best. Mm-hmm. It was when they had they love twelve personnel. Kellen Moore loves it. He uh, they've been using it like a quarter of the time, even with all the receivers that they have. And I just don't think it's been the same since Blake left. And so. I don't know if this is a magic pill, but I'm optimistic that this could be really beneficial for them. Okay, All right. Okay. Uh, my point really, they, they'll be fine in these couple games. I, I don't think it's going to be the make or break in the playoffs or whatever, but you do have some decisions to make coming up next year. You've already paid Blake. Dalton Schultz is getting close to 80 catches for a season. He might be gone. I mean, and he probably will be. Um, but, you know. I don't think you signed both of them. I think you need, I mean, I don't think you have both of those contracts here, but I mean, if you had to pick one of the two, I mean, wouldn't it be Schultz? Well, well, and I, I think that's the conversation we definitely will have because off I season. think, yeah, that's an off season conversation okay. because, and, and the reason why I say that is because I do think you have a very tough decision there to make because it's not so much that uh, of the preference of one or the other, it's about how much Dalton's going to cost you. That may be a very, ex- well, relatively expensive. It's might, it might be a contract more expensive than you thought you would have coming into this season, yeah. just based upon his production this year. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we got Bucky on the line. We'll talk to him about the Philadelphia offense versus the Dallas defense. We'll do that when we come right back. DallasCowboys.com radio. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbalanced bending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him, it projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys, and Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. WrestleMania comes to AT&T Stadium April 2nd, April 3rd, two-day event in 2022. Get your tickets to the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in the history. Visit SeatGeek.com. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are joined right now by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. Bucky, you were listening in on that last conversation that we had about uh, Blake Jarwin and his return and what he might bring to this team uh, once he returns. Tell me what your thoughts are on that. Look, I mean, I think it may be a blessing in disguise for the Cowboys if that's the move because 
what it may do, it may force Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy to balance up the offense a little bit, not just in terms of run fast, but in terms of formation diversity. Kellen Moore was the guy that played at Boise State. Uh, Chris Peterson uh, was the head coach. They utilize a lot of motions and shifts to kind of change up the look. And what it does, and here's the advantage of 12 personnel, it adds extra gap for the running game. And so regardless of whether the guy can block or not, from a defensive perspective, you have to account for the extra gaps when you have an extra body at the end of the line, whether it's tight ends on either side or tight ends in a wing formation. And so what it does is it makes the defense have to adjust. It also creates some opportunities maybe where you can create one-on-one coverage for Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. And so it may not be all bad that they have to use a little more 12 personnel because it could help them not only in the running game but in the passing game. So just so I'm, I'm clear on kind of what you're saying is, is with, with Jarwin out there as opposed to a Connor McGovern, they might lose a little bit in the space blocking, but this, the versatility of Jarwin could do more things is probably more beneficial. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, because now as a defensive coordinator, you've got to make a decision. Okay, how do we want to treat their tight ends? Do you want to treat them as a wide receiver? Do you want to treat them as tight ends? Do you want to put base personnel or nickel personnel on the field? And depending upon how you kind of do the alignment, do you put both tight ends on one side and then C.D. Lamb and Cooper on the other side? Do you put them where the wide receivers are wide and the tight ends are inside? There are a bunch of different things that you can do to create one-on-one matchups. Now, I don't know if Kellen Moore wants to get into his bag like that versus Philadelphia, but it has to be something that's a thought because when you get into the postseason, you got to have something that you may not have shown, a wrinkle, a, a trick, a, a, a gimmick, something to just throw opponents off. And so it may give them an opportunity to be a little more diverse in some of their for, formations and alignments and maybe even some of the play calling that they use. Buck, going back to the Eagles, um, I'm, I'm, all I keep hearing about is how well the Eagles have run the ball since they kind of got their act together. Um, and I'm, shoot, it was week three. It feels like a lifetime ago since then. So just when people say that, I mean, what what exactly are they doing? And I know they, they got guys on the COVID list. For the purposes of this, let's just pretend like they don't. What What are they doing that's making them so successful running the ball? Uh, they become the NFL's version of Oklahoma. <laughs> Basically, they're lining up and running Jalen Hurts' offense from Oklahoma. He is that quarterback. He's the centerpiece of the offense. He's not Lamar Jackson, but they use him like Lamar Jackson, meaning he's the center, the focus of the running game. And so when the quarterback runs and you got GT pool, guard and tackle pool, counters, read game, it changes how you have to play on defense. And because so few teams utilize the quarterback like that is like playing Army or Navy in a week. And so when they went to that move, the offense exploded. They were rushing for 175 per game over like a five- or six-game stretch. And the crazy thing, they weren't even using Miles Sanders at that point. Then they started incorporating the running backs and all that other stuff. It gave them an identity and some confidence. And so the problems that you've seen teams have with Baltimore and San Francisco – when they begin to utilize all the funky stuff from shotgun with jet sweeps and fly sweeps and quarterback runs, yeah, it's problematic. And now they have so much confidence in it that they feel like they can beat you up. And it's made them a more physical and a tougher team, which has also helped their defense. 
Bucky, what are your thoughts on playing the starters? If this is a game where the Cowboys kind of start out slow and it goes into the second half where you're still kind of trailing behind, do you keep the starters in? Do you pull them out? What do you do? Well, it's a trick, right? If you had told me that last week that the Cowboys played well against the Cardinals and everything was buttoned up, I was like, hey, give them a week off and be fresh and ready to go in the playoffs. Because they didn't play as well, I think they have to play a little more. Now, you don't want to risk injury because the only thing that you're playing for maybe is seeding, but it seems like you're already locked in to Arizona. So you kind of want to treat this like one of those final preseason games. You want to give them enough work to feel good about um, going into the postseason, but you don't want to expose them too much and you want everyone available and ready to play in the postseason. All right, so I'm looking at this team, and I'm looking at what they have uh, done so far this year. Philadelphia, I'm talking about. Uh, and I noticed the fact that they have not beaten a single team that's over 500. Their best wins came against New Orleans, who's 8-8, eight and eight, Denver, who's 7-9, and nine, and Atlanta, who's 7-9. and nine. Is their record uh, recently and, and their production and them getting in the playoffs, is all that a, a reflection of the opponents that they've played? Or do you think that team is good enough uh, to actually make some noise in the playoffs? Uh, look, man, I, I, look, you are what your record says you are. Isn't that what Bill Parcell said? Yeah. Um, they haven't beaten uh, any major teams, but all they can do is beat the teams that are on their schedule. I would just say that their style of play is tricky. And if you're not ready for quarterback run game, you're not ready for some of the read option stuff and power read stuff that they do, yeah, it can get ugly at times. Um, are they the best team? No. But a team playing with a bunch of confidence, that somehow found their way into the postseason tournament when no one expected them to be there, they're a dangerous team. And for them, man, they would love nothing better than to knock off Dallas. So they're going to be ready to play regardless of who's playing and how long they play. And so it's one of those games where you got to get ready, got to buckle up. If they're going to play, it's a robbery game. Bucky, do you vote for Players of the Year? Do you, do you get that vote for, like, AP, mm-hmm. Defense Player of the Year and stuff? Nah, I just get to, I just get to do the Twitter stuff. That's it. <laughs> it's good. So, so, since you don't have to, since you're not revealing your vote, who would be your comeback player of the year in the NFL? Oof. Man, that's comeback player of the year. I mean, it's loaded because normally you would think Dak, but I think Dak's paid. Yeah, kind of made it hard. Um, Cincinnati. I mean, Joe Burrow. You can't count Joe Burrow as a comeback player, can you? Like, sure, you can. Yeah, Burrow, but like. How many games did he miss? He tore, I mean, like, all the ligaments for, in his knee. I like, mean, if he's, if he's eligible for it, then I would give Dave a bone and go with it. <laughs> I mean, just just because there's something to seeing him coast with like he does in the locker room. You yeah. see him with Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. He cigars up. You see him with his back tail and everybody else. He's super corporate. I give him credit because he's one of the best that I've seen from a leadership perspective of being able to bring everybody in. So, yeah, if he's eligible, he definitely should be not only comeback player of the year, I think you got to talk about him in that MVP conversation. Okay. I, I don't I don't hate that. I mean, because be, – and I'll say this. I was in Cincinnati last year when the Cowboys were a bad football team and dominated that train wreck of a team <laughs> with Brandon Allen and those guys. They were bad. And to think that 365 days later – that here they are winning a tough division. I mean, that's a tough, yeah. gritty division. And to win it with him, yeah, he's pretty valuable. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think the difference is, I think a couple of things that I learned from watching Cincinnati kind of bounce back. One, quarterback is everything. 
And quarterback has to go beyond what they look like, how they throw it, or whatever. It's more feel and intangible and that stuff. Are there culture changes in the locker room? Secondly, they did a good job on defense, and no one talks about their defense. If you want to be a team that is blue-collar and you pride yourself in being like a, a try-hard, work-hard team, you have to get guys that embody that. Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, I mean, even Cheeto when he was playing, he was doing a good job. Everybody on their defense fit the brand, and I think that is the big thing that you have to do when you rebuild your team. Buck, I, I'm interested in one of the, the last things you said about the Eagles. It's possible they play Dallas in the playoffs, but not super likely. If I had to guess, it's looking like they're going to play the Rams or maybe the Buccaneers. Is there a team that you think the Eagles match up really well with in the sense that you know they might be the seventh seed, but they could give somebody fits? Uh, I think if you're them, you're okay playing the Rams <clears throat> because the Rams' biggest issue has been when people have stocked them in the mouth. Physical football teams have given them problems. We saw them struggle last week against Baltimore with the backup quarterback in Tyler Huntley and a team that has been ravaged by injuries. So if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you're okay lining up and having to play Matthew Stafford and that guy. Because even though the Rams are loaded with star power and they may be the best team that emerges in the NFC, I think you take your chances on being able to deal with a team that is more finesse than power. Other than winning this game and having no injuries, what are what are you looking for in this game? Cowboys got to get back on track. Like I don't like some of the things that came out of the last game. I don't like all the whining and crying about officiating and that stuff. Because to me, it made me pause a little bit because it screams of immaturity. And I just need to see them play well because despite the bad calls, a lot of the issues that the Cowboys had were self-inflicted. And when you have turnovers, you have a bunch of penalties, you have errors in the kicking game, and you give up big plays over the top of the defense, you're going to lose games. And so that part of it needs to be cleaned up because for the majority of the season, the Cowboys have been great at those areas. And so I don't like trends happening, so I want to see that erased so they play well against Philadelphia in a clean football game, and then you feel better about what the chances are in the postseason. All right, Buck, we appreciate you, man. We'll have you back tomorrow. We'll talk about this Philadelphia defense versus the Cowboys offense. We're going to take our final break, come back. I have some questions for these guys about the Dallas defense, particularly the run defense. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it, for turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek, and we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. 
the official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done, get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. Back to the break. Download the official app of the Dallas Cowboys to get access to in-market game broadcast, mobile tickets, daily podcasts, like this one, mm-hmm. live pre-game and post-game shows, game updates, and more. Download in the app or Google Play stores. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking Philadelphia offense and Dallas defense. I did have a question for you guys about this defense and how they match up against Philadelphia. Right now, Dallas is 24th in the NFL. They're ranked 24th in rushing uh, yards per attempt at four point, giving up 4.5 yards per attempt. Do you see the rush defense as a problem for Dallas? Because there have been some games where it's been kind of like shaky, but I don't know that they've been killed by it. Do you see it as a weakness? They've been killed by it one time, and it was Denver, in my opinion. And everybody on the team admits that they forgot to show up for that game. So... No, yeah, I mean, they're not great, but I've never felt like it was just this this issue that's going to kill them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like last year. Last year, that was a big <laughs> problem. Last <laughs> year, not like last year. Last year was no, the worst not. I've ever seen. I've seen high schools that play the run better than last year's defense. Yeah, it was bad. But, but th- to my point, it's like... It, when they're doing so much else for you, and it's not you're not walking out of a game... And we get on this show talking, man, that run defense, they just absolutely suck. Well, they're not great or the best at it, but they're giving you so much more to the point where you're not necessarily complaining about it that much. So it could come back and bite you in the butt in the playoffs if they're unable to perform in other areas on the field. So as of right now, I don't I don't think it's, it's a it, huge – I would rather take what they're doing right now. It's, it's the same as almost every other – facet of the Cowboys game you know <laughs> it really is I mean yeah look at the run defense it's like uh, it's, uh, no they're not world beaters they don't they don't get gashed every time either I mean I think it's the same as the secondary I think it's the same as the passing game I think it's the same as the kicker you know I mean you can say all you want to about the kicker missing kicks he's hit some big kicks too and so is that the biggest problem for this team, though? Well, that's, that that's, there's so that's many the things thing, that like, it's like, like, eh, they're not bad. They're not great, but they're not bad. But, but like, the everybody just, is this going to be a problem? Is this going to be a problem? And it might be. I mean, think about the Colts back in, I think it was like 20, 2005. Mm-hmm. Vanderjack was their kicker. I don't think he missed a kick Idiot all yeah. year. He didn't miss a kick until the championship game, and he missed, and they didn't go to the Super Bowl. So it can go the other way. I mean, you just got to go play the damn game. Like, that's it. You just got to play the game. And so they've got some issues. Like, they're just kind of in the middle. I also think, I mean, this 
this team's potential is unlocked when they're playing up to their offensive ability. That's when they've been their best. And I think a big part of their run defense not being a liability is they take that away from you. The Saints also ran all over them until they were put in a position where they couldn't do that anymore. And then what happened? They started throwing picks because Taysom Hill's awful. Um, And I I mean, I think that's a big part of their game plan. So, and it's not totally fair because Kyler Murray is unique. I mean, there's and there's only so much you can do to contain a guy like that. But the Cardinals got the ball back with how many minutes to play the other day, and they ran the clock out. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, it's not a totally fair comparison because of who Kyler is. But if you wind up in that situation, like let's just say they're in Lambeau, do I completely trust that they can stop A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones from – pounding on them until the clock runs out not really but well they're gonna have like good four days to prepare for that or so why four or five i mean whatever no for i know but just in i guess my point is and of course the deeper you get in the playoffs the better the teams you're gonna play and you're not gonna be able to build these second half leads but just like everything else it's it's on the offense to take some of that strain off the defense in my opinion i mean we're all we've all been very clear this defense is fantastic they are such a huge success story but they're not at their best if the offense isn't putting them in a better position one thing to note that i think we all should remember is that first game cowboys played against philly and and the argument can be made that philly's a very different team now eight of the first offense not eight of the first nine offensive plays run by philadelphia were passes they came out with the intent that they were going to throw. Now they did throw an interception in those in those plays, but they they went into that game whether it was strategic, whether it was before they found their identity as this running team. They came in that game with the intention that they were going to try to throw the ball. We'll see if that's going to be their intention this week. But uh, I would suspect it's not on a twenty degree night outside in, in Philly. I don't think. Yeah, so. and by the way, their identity has, has somewhat changed. I don't know that they had this identity of this running team back then, uh, but we will see, and, and we'll see if if they're they're strategic. They go into this game strategically thinking we got to put up points, and that forces them out of what they want to do. Maybe I'm just a hater, and and we we won't really know probably because the Eagles are going to have guys missing because of COVID. I still think the Cowboys are probably going to do what Bucky said and kind of yeah. be smart about snap counts. But Vegas, what's I don't even know the spread. It's like seven and a half. Dallas, yeah, it's I, well, that that's weird to me. But I don't think Philly's a different team. I'm sorry. Same thing. I think they're. They've benefited from playing a lot of and the league's trash. That's my you know, opinion. The Cowboys yeah. have only blown out one playoff team, and that's Philly. Philly. And I know the Phillies different than they were, but I mean, maybe not that much different. Mm-hmm. But but the other two, you know, Patriots and the Chargers are not in. But I think that they're going to get in. Um, you know, they took walk off touchdowns, and then and then the other playoff teams they didn't beat. So who would you say out of the two teams, Cowboys and Eagles, is playing for the most in this game? That would go in that game. The Cowboys. The Cowboys. The Cowboys. Close. A good question, but I, I, the Cowboys a little bit because they their percentage. I mean, their chances of moving to a three, and even a two. Philly doesn't. I mean, Philly doesn't have a lot of chances. I mean, and even move. here's the thing: well, even if they move from seven to six, I mean, seven to six, it doesn't change anything. They're not getting a home game. All it's going to change is who they're going to face, right? And Unless as, that seven team loses, hey, I mean, wins, then it's, they're not going to get a home said, game. They can have the Rams because I'm telling you, like. I, I like the Cowboys' chances of beating any other team in the NFC more than the Rams. I, seriously. Hmm. I, I don't like You think that. the Rams are the toughest matchup for the Cowboys? Without a doubt, I believe that. More so than Green Bay? Yeah. Huh. I hate to say that. Wow. I, I, I do. And, I mean, 
I just don't think they would beat the Rams. The Rams, to me, have elite. I know they have issues. I mean, they lose. But I'll take my chance. Stafford's dying to give the ball away. I know. Yeah, he's dying to throw picks. But I, when he's not, he's throwing touchdowns to Cooper, I know. Cooper Cup. I, mean, I know. So, I just know. think, I mean, they have three of the very best players at their position in the NFL. And I think that is, I mean, yeah, and, and maybe even four. I mean, when Von Miller is playing and really on his game. He's definitely up there in up the there. exceptional then level. You got yeah. Donald, you got, you got the, the corner. I've, Ramsey, Ramsey, I mean, you got Cooper Cup is just a nightmare to yeah. to, to stop, and there's the way that McVay. I mean, they've and always, they're getting a lot out of Beckham right now too. He's at, he's in that Von Miller category yeah. of when he's at his best, he could be right up there with the best. And he in the seems yeah. to do it when the Cowboys yeah. are on the other side. Yeah. So yeah. To, to go back to your question, I think you also have to remember the Eagles are just happy to be here. Like they're, <laughs> I, I'm not. That's not to throw shade. I'm dead serious. They should be thrilled. Yeah. They're in the first year of a new regime. They're kind of in a rebuild. You know, they're all year long, like, they're focused on what they're going to get out of the Carson Wentz trade and the Dolphins trade. Like, okay, we're going to have all these picks next year. Yeah. They got. They can rebuild that thing. Who do they have? (laughs) Who do they have cap space committed to right now? Yeah, they, they, they got they like, got money. They're Lane looking Johnson. forward like we feel right. good about where we're going. If you're yeah, an Eagles fan, spot. you're like, man, we're, we made the playoffs with this. Yeah. This is great. And yeah. meanwhile, the Cowboys, you got big money everywhere. You started 6-1. and one. Like, If they don't get to the conference championship game, it'll be a disappointing season. Philly's not thinking like that. So, yeah. the, I mean, the Cowboys have way more to gain and way and more to lose. Is Philly going to have three picks? Uh, yeah, first rounders. Yeah, because I mean, Wentz only Wentz had to play seventy five percent of the snaps. As long as he plays this game on Sunday, he'll hit that. So it's not then, about them making the playoffs; it's about his snaps. Yeah. Oh well, then yeah. But they won't be. It won't be a great pick because the Colts will probably be in the playoffs. But like, so they'll pick. Philly will own theirs, Indies, and Miami's first round picks. So they're going to Miami's like, going to be what 15, about mid? Yeah, yeah, something like that. So you got three picks that'll be like in that fifteen, 15 to, to twenty something yeah. range, and yeah. which you can it's not bad. You yeah, you can use that to move if you want. Right. To, you yeah. could move. He hurts has played well enough yeah. that maybe you don't have to worry about. Not, not a saying a great quarterback draft. I don't think. No, the it's not. I've been reading. I'm not saying he's your quarterback of the yeah. future, but he's been good enough that you're like, well, let's address the line That's or scary. let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot about that that makes me a little worried about what Philly can become yeah. over the next few years. Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. All right, we're going to. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about Cowboys offense uh, versus this Philadelphia defense. Still then for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, and Amber Garcia. I am Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?